Hi, it's Rebecca Whitman, your host of the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm a top-rated life coach, an international best-selling author, and a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to help you go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. The experts on this show will help you achieve work-life balance so that you can experience abundance in seven pillars of life, spirituality, health, emotions, romance, mindset, social, and financial life. When you have all seven pillars of life in alignment, you are balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Let's go. Right. Welcome, Coach Les, to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Show. I'm your host, Rebecca Whitman, and we are taking people from burned out and overwhelmed to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, and uh, welcome to you also. Thank you. It's been great getting to know you these past couple years on Clubhouse. And it was so funny how this uh, podcast interview came around. I, I thought I was just saying hi to you. And all of a sudden, we were in a room, just the two of us. And I was like, oh, hi, I guess I'm meant to ask you to be on the podcast again. So here we are. <laughs> That's right. That was that was rather that that whole wave thing, I think, sometimes catches people very off guard. It really does. And if you're not familiar with Clubhouse and you're listening, it is an audio only social media app. And that is where I met Coach Les and a lot of great people. So let me tell my audience a little bit about you. There's so much more that we could go into, but just just so you get a little bit about his background. So Coach Les has led training and personal development programs for over two decades. He has coached thousands of people. He has expertise and experience in designing educational and entertaining curriculums. And he also communicates in ways that bypass the listening filters of today, which I want to get into. And he didn't include it in his bio, but I'm going to tell you, he is a clubhouse celebrity and he has a community of 16,000 people and he is just spreading all goodness on clubhouse. He, he studies the Bible. He studies John Maxwell. He studies Zig Ziglar, and he has created a community around him of people that are excited for his leadership. And it's just so great to have you here on the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And first, before anybody gets the impression, I happen to be blessed to have amazing people around me. The it, it is the only way that I have gotten to be where I'm at is the people that I've surrounded myself with are attractive, amazing, powerful leaders. I love it. That is that is so true. People like me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there you go. Woo! Yes, there we go. We're off to beautiful and abundance. Yes, we are. Your dog agrees. So you're <laughs> always a clubhouse celebrity. You started off doing a lot of different things. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you get to be where you are today? What was some of the paths that led you here? Well, I, the, the, the quickest version that I can, I've got it down to about two or three minutes. And that is 
Um, my parents were divorced when I was seven, remarried when I was eight. I was born and raised in England, got, went to a boarding school when I was six years old, got booted out for being disruptive um, because I was, school was super easy, getting great grades has never been a problem. Then I get bored and then I get into trouble. <laughs> and um, at boarding school, they tell you there's a perimeter. And this is just kind of to give you an example. I won't tell you all of these instances, but this one's kind of funny. Because here we are sitting and they're pointing out at the property and they say, see that house across the street over there? That's haunted house and it's off limits, which you might as well have just put a bullseye tag on it and say, Ouch, Les, this is your destination. <laughs> right. <laughs> so within less than two weeks, when I figured out how to get out of the building at nighttime when we were sleeping, I was over there with my flashlight. And guess what? I got caught. Of course, <laughs> my ninja skills had not yet come into play. <laughs> That's how you got kicked out of boarding school? That's That was one of the things that uh, got me kicked out. And then um, I got kicked out of a private school. I went to public school. And all of this was just, I was super hyperactive. Um, I'm sure if it had been today, I'd have been on all sorts of chemicals to mellow me out, shut me up, and sit me down. Um, but back then, they used corporal punishment, the stick, the hand, the belt, the whip, the the branch, and the shoe. And I had all of them. And it still... <laughs> It didn't make any difference. So fast forward, um, my mom and stepdad couldn't handle me. They passed me off to my dad and my mom. I went moved to France where I couldn't even speak the language. So all of a sudden I went from being the little the little dog, the, the little big dog to being the nothing dog. <laughs> and um, I learned to fit in and I learned to speak French uh, very within six months. And fast forward, moved to the United States. And here I am speaking English, speaking French with a weird name. And um, I tried to speak American as fast as I could. And I developed a lisp because American is, and this is my view, right? Lazy English. Mm -hmm. And so you, me fitting in and doing all of these things gave me this personality of how do I mold? How do I match how to buy mirror you know some of the techniques of today the modern techniques i didn't even know i was doing to support so i had friends that were there at the burnouts at door nine at the school i had jock pals because i was a soccer player and a swimmer i sang in concert choir i spoke was in the language club because i spoke french and i was learning german so you know, all these variety of things to keep me connected that I'm, am I good enough? I can fit in all these places. So I actually went into psychology at university and after five years, because I took a year off to go in the military. And uh, after all this, I went, what do I need a, a college degree for? I love sales. I've always been selling uh, or in the restaurant business. Started work when I was 11. and. Uh, and fast forward, you know, you, you heard I'm a sommelier and I sold wine and liquor for 23 years. 
Um, I was in the restaurant business at night. And then when I was told I needed to get out of the restaurant business by my boss, because he wanted me in the stores on the weekend, I found this personal training and development company. And I realized that I had all these skills of how to listen and learn. And I spent 10 years going through, you know, what I would call the eye of the needle over and over and over again around coaching uh, in a personal training and development paradigm and put about 20,000 hours in, in 10 years and fell in love with coaching. And when I had the opportunity to take a severance package from a wine and liquor career, um, I also left the personal training and development company and I had two-year non-compete. So I did some entrepreneurship, bought a building, managed a building, bought a used car dealership, grew it to 100 cars, did, um, you know, work supported my friend who had a cleaning business um, and we got it we went into those partnerships and uh, then we had a parting of the ways and I went full-time into coaching and that was back in 2014 and I've never stopped and never looked back and I took all of that energy of always having two jobs and poured it into one and here I am. That's great. What was the name of the coaching company that you signed a non-compete with? So it was called Landmark Education. Oh, yeah. I, I know Landmark. Yeah. So I led one of their senior programs for six years, the yeah. self-expression and leadership program. That's great. I, I have taken the Landmark Forum and it's it's a great class. That's that's a, it's, their whole curriculum is amazing. So that's that's incredible. And is that where you learn how to coach, where you put your 20,000 hours in, in Landmark? Yep. And then um, in the last seven years, I went to Zig Ziglar. I've done some Jack Canfield. Of course, I've done Tony Robbins. I did, uh, back in the day, did Dale Carnegie. And, um, you know, I've done some Les Brown. I've done some Brian Tracy, you know, Napoleon Hill. You know, so um, a lot of mixture. And now I've got less is more coach university that I'm working on. And I enjoy the creating a new niche out there called integrity coach. I love it. So what differentiates you from all these other coaching programs that are out there? Oof. Well, the biggest, the, the quickest distinction is a lot of coaching programs have three ring binders and they go by the numbers. They sit you down, they walk through a process. It's very process driven, um, which can be a very good thing, especially if you're probably not a great process or don't have processes. It's something I highly recommend. It's like, look, I may not be the coach for you until you've been in business for five to 10 years. Mm -hmm. um, or some people come from having done, been in the corporate world. They know exactly what they want. They know how they want their business to work. They are just, they're looking for an accountability slash, you know, what I call integrity coach to walk alongside them, guide them and be like a partner who isn't a partner, mm -hmm. who's there as a coach. And so that's where I differentiate. I look at you, the individual and say, let's take a look at the problems and opportunities and issues that you deal with. And let's create a program around you that also works for you financially, that works for you faith-wise and family-wise, as well as business. 
That's incredible. So I know your core values are very important to you. They are integrity, respect, accountability, honor, trust, and grace. How do your core values inform your lifestyle, your coaching, your philosophy? Well, I think the best place to start is, first of all, I look at each individual as being an amazing, phenomenal, big person with the capacity to run the world. And yet life has happened to them along the way. They've been pushed down, bottled up, put in a cup, put in a room, locked down, gotten into a dead end job. They've been beaten up along the way. They've been um, looked over. They've been thrown away. They've been broken up with. And so we have a lot of these past filters that get in the way. A lot of broken people. I, I, I haven't met one that isn't. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Include, including the one that rose up, you know, the, the one that, uh, exactly. you know, Jesus Christ, for those of you that are faithful, you know, yeah. even he had, was broken at the end and put up on a cross. Yeah. And I look at that as an opportunity. I don't look at it as a problem. I tell people you're whole, complete, and perfect just the way you are and the piece that everybody always forgets just the way you are not. Mm -hmm. When you can agree that the way you're not is also a perfection about who you are and you could be no other way, the noise of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm broken, coulda, woulda, shoulda, all of that stuff starts to fall away and there's just this place to start from called a foundation mm-hmm. and the workability of that foundation and creating, look, um, one of my, my best examples is a bike wheel and with spokes. And a lot of times as we start a business, we've got a bunch of broken spokes from our teenage years, college years, work years, And our wheel is a little wobbly and yet we're out there and we're going to start a business. Mm -hmm. And I come in and say, whoa, wait a minute. Let's take a look. Let's restore some integrity. Look at the workability of what you got going. And some people, by the way, are so successful, even though they're at like 20% of their capacity, they're just so filled with success that they're going to you, they're going to find you. You give them a turnip, and they're going to find blood in it, right? Mm-hmm. They are. They are going. They're that good. Now, when all of a sudden you clean some of the stuff up, you get some of the stuff from the past complete. You tighten a few spokes. You replace a few spokes. You get the wheel to run through. The next thing that happens is that you're all of a sudden dealing with a wheel that is spinning the best it's ever spun. And that's the game of integrity for me. It it removes a lot of that emotional piece that muddies the waters and gets in the way. Yes. I Yeah. Integrity is what makes somebody's life work. Yet I think in business and just in, I don't know, social media, the way things are, people like ghost each other and, you know, people don't respond to calls or texts or, you know, it seems like integrity is almost a value of the past. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at our, and 
you know, not to make this suddenly be about politics, but uh, if you look at politics, both sides or yeah. all sides, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I recently found out there's 57 political parties in Haiti, which, wow. which, which is, you know, a postage stamp of a country. Yeah. And none of them have integrity. Yeah. Now what? I mean, to look at the Democrats, the Republicans, the independents here in the United States, none of them, everything is done under the table. Deals are coached, bribed, oiled, smoothed. People try to slide something in on the backside of a deal. And there's no integrity. And we wonder why the system continues to break, be held up with a Band-Aid. Break, be held up with a Band-Aid. Yeah. Well, we're kind of an empire in decline because when you lose the core values, then you kind of lose the power. And that's what we're seeing in this country. You know, we're, we don't have the world reputation we once did because we're kind of, we're crumbling a little bit from within, kind of like ancient Rome. So hopefully we can, we can revive, but that's not the message of this show where we're trying <laughs> to, to balance beautiful and abundant. Yeah. So you said you bypass listening the listening filters of today. What does that mean? What how do you, what are the listening filters of today and how do you bypass them? So one of the things that all of us as we grow up we build these filters and this is just my ex- analogy for people to understand it. Much like we have colored, you know, sunglasses we have a we have we have a color for um, how we drive in a car. We have a color for how we deal with um, members of the opposite sex. We have a color lens for how we deal with other races. And all these filters then sit there, and we walk into a room when, as people say X, Y, and Z, they have to go through those filters of today. Mm-hmm. And once I work with somebody for half an hour to an hour, I have them take their glasses off, realize, wait a minute, you've got seven layers of glasses. Mm-hmm. You only you want one beautiful. We'll give you one that's called safety. I love it. Now moving forward, we you they they have this beautiful opportunity to see things newly to respond newly in a way that is no longer impacted by the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think in that space, miracles are available because now all of a sudden you don't have all these filters that shift how you appear for people, shift how you approach people. Yeah. I think I know that I used to bring project my past into the future and that's why I kept repeating the same patterns and relationships and in business because when you when you don't really process and release the past, so that's why it's such an important part of transformation, process and release the past so you can recreate your future and how you want it to be instead of just repeating, repeating, repeating the same, the same situations, the same scenarios, you know. Uh, it's called doing a geographic and 12 step culture. Like I'm going to move and everything's going to be different. And then it's like, well, wherever you go, there you are, because you're still projecting the same past onto your 
present and you're wondering why every time you move, you meet the same type of people. Yeah, it's it. And it really, it's one of those things that it, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how rich you are, where you're from, what side of the tracks you're from has nothing to do with that. In fact, you could have a class and learn all about it. And tomorrow you're still going to make a filter. Mm-hmm. People are like, well, well, no, 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 no. Coach Lass, I'm, I, I'm, I, I got this. I, un- I understand that. Really. Let's see what happens when somebody pulls in front of you, you hit their car in the middle of the day. All of a sudden the past is going to come flooding into your right now. Right. And there's nothing we can do about it. You can't, the past is always going to be your past. The question is, are you going to be okay with it and allow your past to, to allow you to grow? Or are you going to allow that past to not live in the past instead? And what's worse than just having it in your present is live it into, live it into your future every day. Right. Like you just said that. And that's a great example with that 12 step. Yeah, I'm going to move to a new, I'm going to move to a new city. Like there's no liquor stores in the new city. There's no, <laughs> there's no drug people in the new city, right? Like, <laughs> you know, maybe if you could move to the beach, to Bali, there's something and you could really make or go to the moon, right? Yes. But still some of the same things would show up. And they may, and it's just a human condition. Mm-hmm. That is true. So how do, how do people change their old filters to experience a new reality? Well, I think, you know, there's many ways to do it. The first that I always ask people is, first of all, can you, for, can you forgive the old you? Oh, I think forgiveness is so important. Um, and, you know, I watch these, I watch people, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bump into a couple and I can tell that one of them is upset with the other. And I said, well, when did this happen? Oh, about 10 years ago. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you've been carrying that ball and chain for 10 years. How's it feel? <laughs> Why? Well, I, I don't know that I have it. I, I bet you don't because you're so used to it. The question is how great could life be without it? And what would your significant other feel like without getting hit by it every other day? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't hit him. A, a figure of speech, right? Is we, we have these things. And, and by the way, this is male or female, male to male, female, yeah. to female, male to female. It has, <laughs> it's, there are no exceptions. Mm-hmm. We've only had one exception in the world, and there's that that person, as far as I know, has not come back yet. <laughs> and um, and I think the the opportunity, though, one is to own our past, mm-hmm. then look and restore integrity to it. Mm-hmm. Now, some people say, "Well, what does that look like?" And it's different for each person. Well, if you have a conversation that's incomplete with a former significant other you might want to get it complete because if you bring it with you into the next relationship it's going to show up it's Mm -hmm. just going to be labeled something different until 
you sit down and go, oh, I did that before. Yeah, getting getting complete with the past is important. And I really love forgiveness. I I think that forgiveness is the salve for almost all human woes. And I love the affirmation. I forgive everyone for absolutely everything, especially me, because a lot of us are holding on to unforgiveness for ourselves. Oh, who's the number one person you lie to? Ourselves. And how often do we do it? Every day we rationalize, justify, explain. <laughs> Absolutely. Hundreds of times a day and people are like, oh, I don't lie. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. You know, I have to stop laughing and then, and, and then have a, <laughs> really, let, let's talk about this for just a second. Because I think this might be the cornerstone of, you, of, of your block. <laughs> what do you mean I'm not blocked? <laughs> And, you know, I've, I I just have so much fun with this stuff now and, and nothing surprises me anymore. And, you know, and I look in the mirror and as a leader, you know, for 10 years at Landmark, one of the ways in which we would show up to do our courses is we had to look in the mirror and distinguish a breakdown. Mm-hmm. We had to look and see where was I where was our integrity out and be responsible for it yes and clean it up and then come up with what they call a vivid share which was to be able to share with somebody what happened how it began how it was how it is and what's possible now and share it in such a way that somebody's touch moved and inspired to do it to in their own world because mm-hmm. that's where the magic is right if i can be the demonstration and somebody looks at me and goes well if this bald-headed guy can do it i can do it <laughs> exactly. if you're just listening to this watch the youtube video to see his bald head <laughs> <laughs> so i love that you are someone who can stay calm and calm down turbulent situations so what are some tips for people to stay calm and to calm others in turbulent situations? Well, there's, you know, there's so many fun ways to, to approach this. Um, and, uh, you know, one of them I know is, is to do breathing exercises first to get people to calm down. Um, and then for those people that are like, I don't need to learn how to breathe. <laughs> I look and say, okay, well, so what is, and I, I will ask somebody, what's the point you're trying to prove? And what is the point that you hear the other person trying to put onto you? And then I will ask the other person the same question. And you'll find that what's missing is the ability to hear between the sentences, between the words, the frustration of not being heard. Mm. And which which all boils down to, the way I see it, it all boils down to the misinterpretation of what somebody says, how they say it, how you hear it. 
And in many turbulent situ situations, the first thing that I will do is I will have everybody stop talking and I'll say, okay, I've been here for five minutes and I'm going to give you my point of view. And it's only mine and it's one point of view. And I think when you hear it, you'll see that there's six people in the room here and there's six different points of view. And you're all suggesting that the other person's point of view is wrong, bad, and shameful. And they everybody ought to switch to yours, which immediately makes people defensive, which immediately makes it turbulent. And here's the thing. I'm going to say something radically unique. You're all right. Mm -hmm. And you're all wrong. And you should, could, and would do something differently. <laughs> now, if you're not interested in living in the shoulda, coulda world, being right and wrong and proving other people right and wrong, there is another place. There's a place that says, wow, were we to get on the same page and look at this together, we might actually see an opportunity to create something new that is greater than and better than, more than and different than the sum of the parts. That's beautiful because everybody is so caught up in being right that they don't, it's like their ego will not let them hear anything else because they don't want to be wrong. Nope. But the solution that works for everyone is, yeah, no, nobody's right and everybody's right. Nobody's wrong and everybody's wrong. There's, there's just focus on the solution and on compromise. And if we take the ego and being right out of it, we can actually hear. And I love what you said about listening. People are not listening because they're showing compassion and empathy for each other. They're just listening to their own agenda, looking for, okay, how can, how can I jump in and share my agenda? And I think that active listening and like heart-centered listening that's all anybody really wants. That's that's why people, you know, go to therapists is like, or confession or hire a coach. I mean, they just want to be heard. People just really, really want to be heard. It's, you know, you hit the nail on the head with a, with a sledgehammer, Rebecca. And that is the fastest way I've known to have one person that's angry in a room full of people and they're walking around, you can see they're angry and they're going from person to person, person. And you can just see this, you know, the energy going suck, 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 suck as they go through the room is, you know, and I've, and I've tested this just, you know, for fun. I've gone to that person and say, look, I, 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 I'm, I've overheard you got an issue going on. Let's go sit down and let me listen. And I will sit almost knees to knees right straight directly not at an angle so that somebody can interrupt you but directly so that the speech bubble everything is focused on that person and i will listen and i will if i have a question i'll stop them and say can you repeat that or say it a different way i didn't understand and i will have them go through their entire story and i might even have them repeat parts of it and 99% of the time I can watch them empty. And what I mean by that is as they tell their whole story, including answering the questions that I 
continue to pull the little pieces that they may have forgotten or may not have wanted to share with the person that wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this big story comes out. And at the end of it, they're like, wow, that's the first time I've told the whole story. And later on, when they're not activated, I'll say, remember, people can't hear your whole story because they get triggered. Yes. And if they're triggered in the first half, you don't get to share the other half, which then leaves you incomplete and frustrated like nobody's listening to you. And when you walk away, the person that was just listening to you is frustrated because they're like, my gosh, I didn't get to say anything. And all they did was puke on me. Right. So it is communication and conversation is a two way street. Yeah. And when that two way street is working, it is magnificent. It's like a beautiful meal with a beautiful glass of wine. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about goal setting. That is the title of this podcast, Goal Setting for the New Year. I know that you've done a lot of study and teaching around goal setting. What is your technique and what makes a goal stick? Let's talk about goal setting. Well, so first off, let's let's take a look at, um, and I think part of it is to, you know, to go to, right to the beginning and look and see, um, you know, what is a goal? And you know, people have, um, and, and Zig Ziglar has this thing called a dream sheet, which is really cool. And you just sit down and it's it's basically um, a dot in the circle, which is you, and then all these spokes that have work, personal life, you know, relationships, and all these different areas of life. And the idea is to create, what are all, what, what dreams do you have? What are the dreams you you want in all of these different areas? And then ask yourself, you know, why? Why do I, why do I want this dream? And as you as you ask yourself that question, is that really a goal? Is it real? Is it just a, uh, you know, if, if I had that, it wouldn't, it's not it's not necessarily moral. It's not really fair. It could be unfair to some people. You know, it it. It might not be consistent with some of my other goals. And when I look at it and see, well, can I can I really commit myself to it? Um, and if I can commit myself, what does it look like when I reach that goal? And then, okay, this looks like something I could take on as a goal. And so now I've got my one goal. Mm-hmm. And from that one goal, there's a technique called SMART. Is it a SMART goal? And, you know, this is, the, it's an acronym. S is specific. M is measurable. A is accountable. Number um, R is, uh, you know, is it realistic? Mm-hmm. And then T, is it timely? So all of these things are consistent with, is this going to work as a good, quote unquote, workable? And I say, given the workability, does it, is it a goal that has integrity? Mm -hmm. 
And then um, there are seven questions, and I'm going to read them here in a second, from Ziegler that he says, after you've come to this, here's what you want to ask yourself. Will reaching this goal make me happier? Mm-hmm. Will reaching this goal make me healthier? <laughs> Will reaching this goal make me more prosperous? Will reaching this goal win me more friends? <laughs> <laughs> Will reaching this goal give me peace of mind? Will reaching this goal make me more secure? Will reaching this goal improve my relationship with others? And based on those seven things, is this a goal that I want to be one that I want to work on? Mm-hmm. Great. Those are great. I've never heard those seven questions. That's amazing by Zig Ziglar. Yep, I'll, I'll and I can send you this. It's um, one of the. It's called five steps to qualifying your goals. And the last thing, step five, right, is to choose four goals. Don't overwhelm yourself. You know, some people will, they'll they'll come up and they've got a list of fifty goals, and mm-hmm. I meet with them for the first time and they show me this list. I'm like, how's that list working for you? Yeah, and they say, well, it's not. I said clearly. And I'm like, how come? And they're like, well, I don't know which one to choose. I said, well, have you, you know, and I run through this. Have you done the why do, 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 and gone through all of these steps? Now, the cool thing about it is if every one of those 50 things was a dream, it doesn't mean that you can, if you take 20 of them away or 30 of them away, that you can't come back to them next year. Right. Or next month, there, there is no, this is not a black and white game. Mm-hmm. This is something that is about empowering yourself. Yes, I agree. And goals are not meant to like make you feel bad or beat yourself <laughs> up. Or yeah, I mean, people set goals that they use. And then at the end of the year, they feel like a failure because like, oh, I set this goal and I, let's say I wanted to lose 20 pounds and I actually gained five pounds and now I'm a total failure or I wanted to double my income and my income's exactly the same. And so what would you say to them, the people that set these goals at the beginning of the year and then at the end of the year, they, they feel like a failure because they didn't achieve it? Here's the question. First of all, did you honor your word along the way? Mm-hmm. It's the first place I look at before we even look and and check in and see how they did with their goals. I look at them and say, did you honor your word? Well, what do you mean? I said, well, the first time that you broke your word to yourself, did you restore the integrity? Well, what do you mean by that? I said, well, you have a coach, right? Yep. Did you tell your coach that you broke your word and you didn't make you didn't do what you said you would do by when you said you would do it. Well, no, he, he doesn't, he doesn't need to know everything like that. I, I don't have time for that. No, actually you don't have time not to, because now what you have along the way is a whole set of dominoes of where you broke your word, even if it's a little, and even if it's just to yourself mm-hmm. and you do that 364 and a quarter days in a row, Guess what's going to look like on New Year's Eve? A big <laughs> mess. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're going to be, well, I didn't reach any of my goals. <laughs> and it's like, well, of course you didn't. You didn't keep your word. 
And yeah. now the great thing is, okay, so I didn't keep my word. I didn't reach my goals. And then I'll say, okay, now are you ready for the good news? Let's go back and see where you were and where you are. And I can promise you where you were is not as good as where you are. Mm -hmm. How do I know? Because if I, I know you at least did some work 364 and a quarter days of the year. Yeah. Here, which tells me you survived, <laughs> which tells me also that you, instead of going from one to 100, you maybe did one to 20. And you're just mad because 20 wasn't acceptable. Mm -hmm. If we so. can just improve a little bit every day in anything, in any of the, I call my seven pillars of abundance, spirituality, fitness, emotions, romance, mindset, social, and financial. If we can just improve a little, little bit in each of those areas, it's amazing where we will be by the end of the year. So just a little bit every day adds up. So Coach Les, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for your time. How can people find you online and how can people stay in touch with you? So it's very simple. My website can be found under leshill.info, I-N-F-O. Um, you can Google me, Coach Les. Um, you can look me up um, on YouTube. You can look me up on Instagram. You can look me up on Facebook. And your, your Instagram handle is Coach Les? It is. <laughs> perfect. 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 Well, everyone, thank you so much for watching the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. I know this podcast will live forever and ever, but if you're listening to this this week of January in 2022, I am hosting a New Year, New You workshop on Sunday where we take these goals and we give you affirmations to help them really sink into your subconscious. We're also going to be overcoming your limiting beliefs that get in the way of you attaining your goals for the new year. So if you're listening on Instagram, go to the link in bio and snag your spot for the new year, new year workshop. It's going to be on Sunday, the 22nd on Zoom. If you're listening on Facebook, DM me or go to the link in the bio. And we are going to have a great time this Sunday overcoming our limiting beliefs and creating these beautiful affirmations for the new year so we can have the best year ever. Thank you again for listening to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show where we take you from burned out and overwhelmed to Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant. And we will see you next week with another incredible guest. Until I see you again, keep your vibe high and your hands clean. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant show. If you want to start 2023 off with crazy momentum, you are cordially invited to be my VIP guest at a free webinar I'm doing on January 22nd at 12 p.m. Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time called my New Year, New You workshop. In this amazing dynamic workshop, you are going to get clear on your intentions and what you want to create in 2023. And not only will you get clear on your intentions, 
you are going to overcome your limiting beliefs, which would stop you from achieving everything you want in all seven areas of abundance. And if that's not all, you're going to learn my signature method on how to customize 21 affirmations so, so that you can hit a level 10 in all seven pillars of abundance. Do not miss this free webinar. It is going to rock your world and change your life. We've had so many people get such incredible breakthroughs. I had someone even get their dream job while they were attending this webinar. So please go to the link tree in the show notes to reserve your spot on January 22nd, 12 p.m., 3 p.m. It's one thing to listen to my podcast every week, but when you actually get live coaching from me and get to interact with the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant community, it will take your lifestyle to a level that you cannot even comprehend. You deserve this time. It's on a Sunday, January 22nd. Mark your calendar Go to the link tree, reserve your spot, and we'll make 2023 your best year ever.